Hello and welcome to Kyrinos Finsight, the podcast that explores some of the most pressing topics for financial services. Insights that help you navigate today and anticipate tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Kyrinos Finsights podcast. Today my guest is Soraya Randawa, who is head of omni-channel experience here at Kyrinos. Welcome Soraya to the podcast. Before we dive into talking about financial management capabilities, can you tell us what your role at Kyrinos entails? Well, Rutger, I lead our practice, uh, which focuses on digital channel and customer experience across a range of uh, retail products. So uh, we really try to understand what that customer experience experiences directly with each brand, with each provider, whether they're uh, online, in-app, or even in-branch. Great. Well, welcome to the podcast. Let's let's start by uh, talking about table stakes. Can you tell us some of the most typical digital financial capabilities that institutions are offering when it comes to financial management capabilities for consumers? So Rutger, uh, what we tend to see is that the most common type of financial management is around spend analysis. Um, When we look at the 130 banks that we track for our retail checking products, about 46% of them provide some sort of spend analysis in app. So they break down the spending according according to different transaction categories. Uh, so that's probably, I would say, something that's most common. Then the next most common areas where you might say are kind of table stakes are some sort of ability to create a budget within their app. So I can set a budget, know how much I spend and whether I've gone o- over above or below my budget. That's about... Very close again, you know, about 45% of the banks that we track for, for example, in retail checking in app that enable to do that. Now, of course, across that breakdown, it's around 40% of national banks uh, versus about 64% of the fintechs that we track as well. So it's more common among the fintechs uh, that we track. And then I would say then the third probably most common uh, area where we see some sort of financial management is around setting savings goals. Not everyone allows multiple savings goals, but at least one savings goal. And we see around 30% of banks offering that in app with uh, about 47% of national banks and around 53% of credit unions offering that as well. So more common among some of the credit unions that we track here. So I would say... Around for the apps, there is a, a number, a great percentage, which have the basics of financial management. Yeah. So the, the table stakes, spent management, putting some sort of a budget up, and then mm-hmm. um, savings goals. That that sounds like like quite a bit already. But if you if you look in the market, what, what is more new, and what what is different? What are the new things that you're starting to see that? <laughs> players that are out there are providing to their customers. What's what we've seen over the past couple of years has been an increase in credit score tracking. Your FICO score and it's usually provided by different credit score providers, right? So it's very much a link and an external link where you have a vendor providing that information. We see that that's around now 28% pr- within with retail checking products in app they're able to go in and see uh, 28% of providers actually enable their customers to see that. It's more common are with national banks. So 47% of the national banks that we track actually enable some sort of credit score app. But the difference I think in, in when we think about credit scoring is that there's been a real evolution in the last couple of years from just showing your credit score to doing more than showing your credit score. 
And what we see that's sort of more new than saying, okay, here's your FICO score and here's some basic information that's kind of generic in terms of improving your FICO score. What we're seeing now is something slightly different, which is either uh, some form of calculation or simulation. So if I take out a credit card or if I take out an unsecured loan, what impact is that going to make on my credit score? Uh, some banks actually offer this pre-application uh, before the product. Now, that's actually relatively handy, uh, particularly if you're a customer who's really concerned about your credit score. And that simulation may enable you to be, you know, to be more confident in making that particular application. And I think I can think of two providers that kind of do that right now. Uh, we can see U.S. Bank provides that. We also see in, in the U.K. that NatWest also offers a credit score simulation. Much more useful than because I, I remember it used to be kind of like your credit score has changed and then you clicked mm -hmm. on it and then your credit score was up two points. And it was like, OK, well, that really that was kind of clickbait, right? You were just trying to get me to go to that section and like, OK, my score is up two points or down two points. That doesn't really do anything for me. But what you're describing where you can really create scenarios that makes it much more practical and useful for consumers. I would say, you know, you're correct because most of the cases used to be very static. What they were bringing in now, what most of the banks or credit unions are bringing is the capabilities that were previously, uh, you know, only where you went, if you went direct to Experian or if you went direct to TransUnion uh, or, or Equifax to be able to get that information or ClearScore, for example. Um, now you, that information is being pulled into the app or into the banking platform, and it's more integrated by API. So you're able to see that within a singular platform. And I think, so another, another thing that's also, is the interactiveness of that, right? So if I say, uh, so let's take, you know, Wells Fargo's credit scoring capability. It's not just you show your your credit score, but actually you can go in and tap into the components of your credit score. And uh, you're offered a red, amber, and green on the different components of your credit score. Now, for me, I think the difference between moving from something like I'm managing my credit score towards taking action on my credit score, I think that sort of red, amber, green rating, that sort of actions, what can you actually do is actually a lot more helpful for the customer. So I think for me, there's a lot of advancement in, in that in terms of, you know, having better integration within the app and also providing customer with more information in terms of how they can actively change their financial score or their, their credit score and their financial health. That sounds like it's really actionable insight. So that that's certainly helpful. Now, the, the, the knee-jerk reaction and, uh, or the knee-jerk assumption is that it, it's fintechs that are charting the course on this. Is is that true? Having looked at account aggregation, open banking, um, you know, fintechs over the last uh, three to four years, I would say that would be true if I were sitting in sort of 2018, 2019. I still believe that certain fintechs, for example, you know, Revolut still push the boundaries in terms of what's possible in terms of the strength of communication and their interconnectedness. What I've seen in the last few years is few national banks being a real vanguard in this area, really pushing the boundaries. Uh, a good example was Bank of America's Life Plan, which was a lot more integrated, uh, a lot more holistic, looking at all parts of financial life, setting financial goals, setting multiple financial goals uh, in place. So there's a lot more competition in this, in this space where it would have been previously the mints or the intuits in the world where you're kind of 
off in in sort of a financial hobbyist world of PFM versus this is much more integrated with the data, the actual data from banking now. Are providers pivoting to address uh, financial wellness during these uncertain economic times? Yes. And I think there've been a, a lot of the credit score was just one example in terms of how you do that. Other things that are done, which aren't actually, I would say, not directly what you would say PFM in itself, is actually things like uh, subscription tracking. So can you see your card on file within your app or within your platform? So if you think about how payment behavior has changed, uh, the ability to understand where your cards are linked, where you're constantly making recurring payments, just providing users with that visibility and also recognize that transaction behavior is changing is actually really helpful to the customer. Other areas such as predictive balances. When we, I think initially when we looked at this area is, okay, so can you see pending transactions? But also can you see pending transactions? Can you see recurrent transactions being automated? and then provided provide the user with a predictive balances. What is your balance after all your spending uh, has been made? And uh, HSBC actually in the UK actually has, has been doing that for a good number of years in terms of providing a predictive balance, as does uh, USAA. Yeah, and I think what I'm also seeing is that there, there, there's more kind of like, they're, they're more looking at creating good financial habits, right? Mm-hmm. To, to not just sort of be transactional, but also sort of say, hey, how can I, be smarter with my money, maybe save or maybe pay down debt. Are you, are you seeing that at all? This is probably one area where there could be a lot of improvement. When we look across the um, the apps, particularly from a servicing perspective for checking, we only really see about 10% providing content uh, for customers struggling with debt. And I use that term very loosely, content in general. I think some brands where we talk about fintechs, where they have gone out to do this, has been uh, Chime, for example, with their Chime Credit Builder. This is around providing customers with a secured card, you know, whose credit score is low and giving them sort of the boundaries in which how they can build their credit and supporting and support them with that. Are all the needs being met or, or is there anything else on your uh, on your wish list? My, my wish list is probably around moving towards, I would say, greater automation from, from my perspective. I think there's there's a lot more that can be done where the customer perhaps has to input less and there's probably that it's that's more suggestive uh, from the providers. So there's not enough providers, say, for example, who provide within, you know, when you land your home screen, that you're able to see some of your spending insights. It's giving you some facts about your behavior. And so taking your data and being proactive and informing you of your behavior. Uh, a number of brands c- currently do this. It's more interactive. It's more changeable. It's less of a static graph. Insights, for example, from SoFi or US Bank, uh, they're actually telling you what you're doing with your money. The changeable aspect of that, that personalized aspect of that enables the user to pay attention more often. Whereas if you're always coming back and you're seeing the same graph on the same screen as you scroll down, you're probably less, you know, you're not really going to focus on that. So for me, a little bit more automation would would be very positive. Um, The other aspect is also proposing. So if you say, for example, have not set up financial goals, if you've not set up savings goals, that's a real opportunity to go to the customer, whether it's a push notification, whether it's an alert, or whether it's uh, within a container in their home screen to encourage them to set this up. So more communication to the customer. 
And I think uh, a third part around automation is the ability to set up savings automation as well. So uh, saving sweeps, and there are all kinds of saving sweeps. You can do, you know, a single one, you can do roundups, uh, you can do different forms of custom automation in terms of how you do that. Revolut does that very well in terms of offering a number of options of how you can do that. KeyBank actually has a, a, a dual way. They enable you to do a savings sweep for uh, to, to build up savings, but also uh, they also enable you to do a sweep to actually pay down debt. So you can actually connect that to any of your creditors as well. So I think that sort of connectivity and that sort of automation is a real opportunity for a number, uh, number of providers. So more hands-on nudging you to do the right thing mm-hmm. based on those real insights. That's that's still on the on the wish list. So what about the opposite? Can you think of any capabilities that are out there but are just not hitting the mark? If your platform still requires the customer to enter a lot of data, to I, I, that tends to be, I would say, probably less desirable because it's it's a lot of work on the customer to do that. The other thing is also limiting your your sort of financial management platform to solely to your own accounts as a provider. So you probably need to bring in links to external accounts. Now, this benefits both the provider as well as the customer because you have a greater view in terms of where you are on the share of wallet, for example. And, you know, we can see a great example is that SoFi actually incentivizes its customers to sort of link to its relay platform to bring in those external accounts. So it gives rewards or other incentives to do that. From my perspective, it's not that someone's doing anything wrong. It's more that providers could be more holistic in terms of how uh, they look at the customer. And that sort of greater holistic view is is beneficial to them. They can have insight in terms of where their credit, where their assets are, and, and bringing that overall financial picture into a platform that they use the most particularly if you're if they're always there you know checking their balance for their checking account uh, that's for me that's a sort of a real positive step and a real opportunity yeah I, I I would add to that that the things that are not hitting the mark the thing that I mentioned earlier kind of like oh yeah your your credit score is up and then it's three points or when you set certain spending goals for like hey I spend this much on entertainment or this much on restaurants and then you get a you get a remark sort of saying oh you went three dollars over your restaurant spend and it's kind of like okay well that the three dollars didn't really. Yes, technically the statistic is it's over, but mm-hmm. can you put it in a context? Right? Does it does it really matter? Is there a so what there? And I think to make it meaningful, a good example would be if you are overspending or your bills are too high. Uh, you, uh, brands like Lending Club, for example, you're able to go in and negotiate your 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 bills, for example, choose a better subscription, lower. So that automation is is a lot more positive in terms of what you're doing. It's it's a lot more in context and related to your data for your particular account. There's quite a bit of buzz around Chat GPT, the the new chatbot from OpenAI. How do you see a chatbot like that being used in the future? You can see PFM in chatbots now. So Bank of America, Bank of America's Erica can actually pull in your monthly spending, can also look at your transaction, uh, the category category spend as well. So what I see is the future is around automation in terms of enabling you to, you know, make sweeps or to to change and adapt 
what you're doing according to the changes of your circumstances. There are a number of saving spots that do that. So Plum in the UK, you can actually set and automate the degree to which you want your sweeps. And it does work via bot in terms of actually talking to you, but you do set a lot of the automation yourself in terms of what you want to do. I do think that part of this, a part of the future could very well be providing some incentivization, uh, redirecting you to perhaps better choices, or even adding friction in the journey uh, before you make, you know, you take certain steps for a better financial health. So I think that's perhaps where, you know, bots can actually uh, create a more, a better conversation around financial health uh, than they actually do now. Yeah, I could also see that it becomes truly a conversation where even the bot can ask for feedback when they nudge you to sort of say, hey, maybe you should set, set up a sweep would you like that? Is that something that is interesting Correct. to you? And then get the feedback from the customer. And then next time you log in, if you said no, that, that it actually sort of learns from that. And then when you come back in, that it doesn't feed the same line back to you, right? It really yes. sort of learning from my conversation with the bot. Correct. And and most of the conversations that you have, if you go to a financial coaching bot, it tends to be very decision tree based. So it's almost canned answers. And then they will eventually navigate you to a, a choice of potential products for you. But it's not as tailored and not as conversational uh, as as you probably would expect with a financial advisor. Well, those are all great insights. We're, we're, we're asking every guest that's on the podcast, what term, acronym or lingo that they would like to either get rid of or redefine? What what would that term be for you, uh, Soraya? So I, I, I always think that uh, terms evolve in many cases. And, and I think the biggest one as we're talking about this is just PFM, so personal financial management. It's not to say that I will never use that term, but I, but I think usually when we think about the word, using the word management, it's not necessarily a sort of positive connotation that everyone might view this, that some people might view this as an arduous task in terms of doing financial management. So I do think we can be more positive thinking about financial health or financial wellness. Uh, Because if you're saying to someone, you know, you're doing something that can improve, that can create a better financial health, that's a lot more positive there. Much more glass half full than half empty, because no one likes to do bills or manage finances. But absolutely, Roger. (laughs) Personal financial wellness and health sounds very positive. I like that. Um, As always, we're we're ending with a FinSight fact. And what is the FinSight fact that you brought for us today, uh, Soraya? So on a digital banking hub uh, across the 130 brands that we track for retail checking, um, we can see about 2% of the banking apps present users with a financial health score. So for me, there are credit scores in there. There are different, lots of different scores that you can find apps. But if we're really thinking about financial health, there's a lot more room for improvement. There's a lot more opportunity that uh, providers have to really talk about financial health. And what better way uh, it could be than actually uh, providing their customers with a singular score that they can understand and take action on. That is a great uh, FinSight fact for today. Um, lots to think about for everyone. Thank you again, Soraya, for joining us today. As always, thank you to the Kiranos Finsights team. Robin Seidel is our Director of Thought Leadership. Editing and production by our Senior Designer, Adrian Cohen. Project Management by our Marketing Communications Manager, Megan Brazette. Music is by Vision Studios. I'm your host, Rutger Van Fassen. You can find more insights at kiranos.com. Please subscribe and like wherever you listen to podcasts.